Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Matthew Cadillac, owner of Veteran Innovations, and they deliver improvements for your home and for your commercial space. Hey, Matthew, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. You're so, so welcome. Hey, can you expand a bit more on you know where your business is today and the kind of people that you love working with? Um, recently moved out to Billings, Montana. Um, love working with homeowners that need improvements, need help, and don't know where to go or quite what they want, but know they want something. I also like doing commercial residential work and Mm. yeah, that's kind of the direction my business has gone over the last few years. Nice. I know you've been through quite a big sort of transition recently because moving different regions, starting your business up in a new sort of territory, a new place is, oh, that's tough. So (laughs) talk to me about, about, yeah, how the, how your business has evolved because yeah, how long has it been going on for? How did you first get into this and you know take let's take us through that um i grew up around construction my grandfather and my dad both had their own construction companies and you know by nature i worked for my dad you know through high school and stuff and after i joined or after i got out of the army um i tried going a few different routes that weren't really what suited me so I kind of fell back on construction and, you know, just started it up on my own. You know, my dad had gotten out of it. My grandpa's long been retired for a long time. So I kind of started it up on my own because it's what I knew. It's, it's what I'm comfortable with. And, you know, it just kind of grew from there. So with that, so it sounds like you kind of sort of fell into this. That was, yeah, it's what your family have been used to. It's what you've known. Um, was there passion there? It's like, oh, yeah, I want to be doing this. This is where I see the beauty and the difference that, you know, this makes to people's, you know, business spaces, but also their homes. Yeah. Um, it comes easy. To, construction comes easy to me, whether it's, you know, rough-ins or finish work. And, you know, I, I can walk into somebody's house and everything that's wrong or doesn't look quite right just stands out to me and it drives me crazy. I can't stand it. And, you know, that's, that's part of what drives me is to, you know, try and get rid of some of those things that are wrong in so many houses out of the market. 
And your clients, do they know that it's wrong? So they seek you out to do particular renovations and changes, or is it more of a discovery with you? Because um, for you to be able to see you know, how they can best improve, whether it's layout, whether it's additions, whether it's you know, creating a new experience, whatever that might be, how do you like best like to work? Um, typically, it's a discovery thing. Um, I don't really advertise, you know, this person did this wrong and this is how I fixed it, you know, cause you never know who you're going to run into. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I'm not one to throw people under the bus, but if I am at a client's house, you know, looking through something, I'll point out, you know, this should have been done this way, or there's no reason that this should have been done this way. And this is how it should have been done or how I would have done it. Yeah. It probably would have worked out better for you. Nice. And, and with your clients, is it like really eye-opening? Because I mean, the amount of you know, houses I've had and, and plumbers and builders, everyone seems, electricians, everyone seems to say, oh, I wouldn't have done like that. I would have done like this. And then the next guy comes in later, a couple of years later, like, oh, I would have done that. I would have done it this way. It sounds like there's so many different mentalities and ways of working. Um, is there a right way of doing things? Or is it all, there's a reason, there's a purpose, there's a, there was a drive, might have been budget, might have been time. It might have been just someone was crazy. I don't know. I mean, typically there's a reason why people do things the way they do, but, you know, I focus more on finished product and, Mm. you know, how it's presented, you know, like later on today, I'm going to go to a house and look at this woman's ceiling. You know, there's a little bit of a ripple in the ceiling and it bugs her. I've seen it, but I'm going to go meet her realtor today because they're going to list the house. Mm. and. I want to see if the realtor even notices before we pursue fixing it because, you know, most people don't notice small things. Yeah. And I don't, I don't like wasting people's time and money. You know, I don't want to go in and fix it if it's not going to affect the sale of the property at all, you know, cause it's yeah, all, because it's a all lot cosmetic. Of yeah, a lot of money goes into before you sell a house to get it to, to the, the best shape it can be to maybe add value before you send, you sell it. But yeah, I think it's it's beautiful that you can walk in and be like, yeah, there's no point. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's no there's no reason for it. So told that boundary, I think, is ethically responsible and beautiful to hear that rather than just take any job, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't like wasting people's money. And I know she's selling the house. So if it's not going to bring any value or, you know, change the odds of the resale, there's no reason for her to waste the money on it. You know, I'd rather walk away from a job mm. knowing that they saved a little bit of money than taking it and just wasting everybody's time just so I can make a few extra bucks. Yeah. So everyone gets the right value that they're looking for. Yep. Beautiful. So what are the jobs that you love to do? What's your line of work that's like, yeah, these jobs are the ones that light me up? Um, mainly kitchens and bathrooms because they're so intricate. They're so different. You know, it's not like a roof or a deck where mm. you, you have these 10 options and that's what it is. You know, you can do so much with a kitchen and a bathroom with the different cabinetry, the backsplashes, paint colors, wall and ceiling textures the flooring and you know just kind of tie it all together and bring it all in to make one great looking room that's aesthetically pleasing that 
everybody's happy with. Yeah, and it just works. I mean, the kitchen is the 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 heart center of a house. I mean, it's where we yep. spend most of our time. So yeah, to, to work with your clients to flesh out exactly what they want, how they live in it, what they do, what their passions are, and you can then craft the right experience for them and the right thing that works for their lifestyle needs, whatever. Yep. Yeah, I did a kitchen last spring. The lady, she loves cooking. She spends, you know, 20 hours a day in the kitchen doing all these different things, but she yeah. is very short. She's uh -huh. like four foot seven. So regular countertop height didn't work for her. You know, it, it hurt her back, you know, whether she was standing on a stool mm. just to reach or, you know, standing upright too much for that long, that amount of time. So we kind of brainstormed and they were obviously they were on a budget and couldn't afford the custom shorter cabinets, you know, cause there's an added cost when you customize something outside of the norm. Sure. And <clears throat> she brought to me uh, the idea of using toolboxes as a center Island and the light bulb kind of went off in my head and I went out to the hardware store and measured toolboxes, different types that they had and realized if I took the casters off and just used them as base cabinets, it got her center Island about six inches lower, which was perfect for what she wanted. Hmm. So I bought, two of the biggest toolboxes that they had put them together as a kitchen island. There's this massive countertop, two foot hang, overhang all the way around it. And she loves it. It was the perfect height for her. You know, her husband, not so much, but he doesn't cook. So <laughs> yeah, but he's not the one using it. So yeah. Yeah. Nice. Oh, I love that. Um, I think it's amazing when we can find the right solutions that's like, okay, let's let's be playful here. Let's try and find a way to make it work because rather than just delivering something, it's okay, what problem are we actually trying to solve? And I think yeah. that's true with, with your business, with, with our line of work, with other agencies and consultants. What is the actual problem we're looking to solve? And then we can go about finding the right solution rather than just blindly delivering. So I hear that you you don't work that way, which is fascinating and beautiful and obvious but it's it can be tough right yep nice so okay let, let's move it forward so yeah you know, you've made um um location a massive shift over your work has gone from a lot of a safe place lots of referrals lots of word of mouth because you, know, you used to you know, minneapolis you you knew the place they knew you now you've moved somewhere different starting from scratch um how is that going for you and, and your business? It's proven difficult, you know, growing up in the Minneapolis metro area, you by nature have relationships, you know, personal relationships, family relationships, and word of mouth is easy to come by. But when you move somewhere so far away from everything and everyone, you know, it, it's been very difficult to try and create those relationships yeah so what what is the challenge for you is it just that it's it's just completely new and you've never had to you've never had to do this before or what is it with you that you, you're struggling with the most yeah 
building the relationships, you know, because I didn't have to do that. You know, you grow up and you naturally build those relationships as you grow up. Mm. And, you know, I don't know how to do that as an adult, as a business owner, when nobody's heard of me out here. You know, you right. don't have any local references for them to fall back on. So what are your next steps? So what's, you know, you've got to, your business needs to flourish. It needs to expand. I mean, with a, with a little one on the way, congratulations yep. again, by the way. Thank and you. with, with the new move, it's like, ah, oh, you've got no choice, but to be a roaring success and keep your time down so that you can spend the time with, with your growing family. So what's the plan for building relationships or are you at that point where it's like, I, I just don't know. I don't fucking know. It's, it's yeah. where do I even start? Yeah. That that's, that's where I'm at. I don't, you know, once I gain traction, I think I can go with it, but it's, mm. I don't know what to do to start the traction. Yeah. And because you are the, you are the top dog, you're the business owner. It's all on your shoulders. Do you feel that pressure as well? Yeah, I do. And, you know, a lot of it, a lot of the pressure is because, you know, my wife is due in three weeks and she's going to be out of work for three months and I got to get this traction going, mm. you know. So you got to be mindful and be efficient with your time yeah. as well as being just damn effective because the needle needs to move to build the relationships with subcontractors, the relationship with clients, with prospects. And getting your name out there in a place that maybe, as you said before, is a bit more, a bit more private, a bit more reserved. Yep. And not take up too much of my time, you know, so I can help with the new baby while my wife's recovering too, you know, yeah. that's going to take more of the time away too. Nice. So over the next sort of you know, couple of months, what do you have in place to, for work and build your business? How is that looking right now? What's the plan? I've only got that one job in place right now that I'm going to go look at today. But mm -hmm. other than that, there's, there's nothing. And I'm not the type to go, you know, door to door asking if people need some project done or work done or anything like that. So, mm. you know, I don't really know the direction to go to get things can I, going. Can I ask, why not? Why not take that approach? What's, was it for you? I'm not one to put myself out there like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I, in, in Minneapolis, people came to me when they needed work. Yeah. So I'm not used to going to knock on doors to see if people need work, you know? Yeah, and that when so many um, agencies, consulting, um, construction firms are built on referral, it's ah, oh, it's the I hid behind it with my agency back in the UK. I proud, I was so proud of yeah, everything. All my work comes from referrals and word of mouth, which was great because they didn't have to do a goddamn thing to get the work in. It just came to me, and I was so proud of it. Little did I know that that meant I couldn't scale it. I couldn't scale my business because I didn't have proven strategy to bring in new clients when i needed them and ease off when i was hitting you know overwhelm with me yeah. and my team so 
it's tough because you hit the most comfortable position that you could have had referrals coming through it's you know family generations known within the industry and you've obviously known this and it just felt easy for you right yeah yeah it all came easy in minneapolis also easy yep (laughs) now i gotta reinvent the wheel out here in billings right so how could there's a word let's tap on that reinvent because you need to reinvent yourself as as the ceo you need to reinvent your your business in the right way because you've got a different location, a different mindset, a different attitude towards the kind of work that you do. So yeah. how can we start to look at, you know, do you have any resistance to, to reinventing yourself or where is the resistance to this? I think the biggest resistance is, you know, I'm kind of stuck in my ways and it's hard for me to redirect or change what I've always done and what's always worked. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to caveat that with um, a lot of CEOs who hit that level. I think you said before you hit a great level before and then you had that kind of ceiling. A lot of CEOs hit that level where you know, this, this, whatever I've done, whether it's stress, hustle, referrals, this has worked before. Therefore, your brain already is rewired. It's so stuck in its ways to this works, but I know this works. And it's tough to work away from that because there's a bit of perceived safety with that, even if you see it not working. Do you sort of, can you see that? Yeah. Um, You know, at at some point you got to realize that it's not working. It's not going to go the way it always has. And it's just, it's hard for me to, you know, change directions and yeah take a different approach yeah um i hear that it's an awful lot um and it is tough to change ourselves and it's tough to you know put your hands up and say yeah i need to change i need to change my persona with work personality the way i engage the way i approach things but i want to lovingly come back to an example that that you shared with me yeah coming from the forces coming being a, a vet yourself you've already made such a huge shift and a change in your life. Yep. I want you to hold hold that for a minute and just realize, holy shit, the, the change that you made from those two worlds, with the vets that we work with, that's, that's dramatic. There's a lot there. So I want you to see that you've fucking done this before. Yeah. And you've nailed it. You've made it a huge success. It's just cool. There's the next challenge as the next iteration that you're actually living through right now. Yeah. I think it was easier transitioning because I didn't have a choice before, you know, okay. you, you get out of the army, you're not in anymore. You don't, you don't have a choice, but to change, change your ways where, you know, if I could, I would still do things the way I, I did them in Minneapolis, but it's not, proving to work yeah so let's leverage let's leverage that again you lovingly you did have a choice you could have not changed you could have struggled we see a lot of vets that struggle that can't quite get into um people working with have got integration programs so that they can help other vets who've been through you know whether it's a year five years even 10 years and still struggle to find their passion what fuels them you found this so lovingly you did have a choice and you took it. 
right now, if you think that that's your fire, if that's your leverage, one will find a passion. Where's that passion to, because I know that's what drives you. Secondly, oh my gosh, choice. If you don't have a choice now, no, you don't. You got a new location. You got a larger family on the way. You have got no choice, no option, but to change, to evolve, to make this a roaring success. So if that's what you need to make your business work, you, dude, we just found it. We found your your fire. We found your leverage. Yeah. Next question is how how to fucking use that, right? <laughs> yep. Nice. How, then play with me. How how can we use this? How can we how can we leverage this this week to be able to get some fire going? Because you got a time frame, dude. Yeah. About three weeks. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what approach or direction to take. You know, I haven't built relationships here. In billings, yeah. I don't know where to go or how to proceed. Yeah. You know, I've put a few Facebook ad or posts out on the mm. local pages and hasn't really turned anything up for me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, one of the biggest difficulties is cutting my customer base from potentially 7 million people to a hundred thousand. Yeah. You know, that's a huge, huge cut in your client base or your potential Mm. client base. Absolutely. It's what, but it depends what you want to focus on because again, uh, one of the things we teach is where to focus your attention. So you're looking at the threats rather than the opportunities. There's got to be some opportunities in your new markets. Yeah. You're sort of, Right now, if, and it's a big if, it's it's local and it's this pool, okay, it's smaller in numbers, cool, that's just data. Where's the benefit? Where's the opportunities within this? What can you fulfill there? So I would always argue that numbers, maybe looking for safety, maybe the, the safety in the 7 million is like, yeah, you know what? Of course, it's easy. Rather than, yeah, but the amount of quality that was there, so how can we reframe that for you? There's the curse of the CEO. How do we reframe that outlook from something that's worked for you to something new? So you can trick your mind, reprogram your brain to look for the opportunity, to look for those things, to look for those unique custom clients that you can lower all their services so that they can do the things that they fucking love to do without hurting their backs. Yeah, I don't... I- I, I'm kind of stuck. I don't know which or what direction to take. I don't know, mm. you know, how to get the wheels turning, the ball rolling to get things started. You know, once I think once I find something that works, I can, you know, capitalize on that. Yeah. But again, I don't know anybody here. Okay. So let's get you finding people, find what, what works. If, if leverage, you know, having no choice is your leverage, then you work on that. Then it was, well, the hows, fuck the hows. <laughs> the how holds most people back. And I say that lovingly because if all we're looking for is a plan, and I guess a lot of people at home are nodding their heads right now because we've all made this mistake. If we're so strict on how do you do it, how do you do it? You're, you're missing the sort of the playful nature. You're missing the 
picking our head up and knowing exactly what and being a bit more agile. So I think it's the agility that if we can train that into you, if you can see that agility coming through, how is it relevant? You know where you're going. You know what you need to achieve. And it's like, cool, the best next step to this. What's the problem? Or rather the three, three core questions that I say all the time in this podcast. What do you want? What's stopping you? How can you overcome that? And I'd be, I need more clients. Cool, what's stopping you? I don't know anyone. Cool, how do you overcome that? Well, I can do these things. But I can't do this. Great, well, there's a new category. What do you want? That thing. What's stopping you there? And eventually it's like a domino. Eventually you'll work through until you find one that falls over. And that, my friend, will be the catalyst for everything. So once you can work through and find those, that's where you'll start to find some change. Yeah. Make sense? Yeah. Play with that. Have, have fun with that. Because it's fucking stressful. This economy, yeah. this world, it's, it can be so stressful. And threats everywhere. But yeah. you've got the beautiful, you've done it before. You've built an empire. Now you get to do it all over again as your, as your family grows. It's freaking amazing. So hats off to you for plowing through and doing this and trying to find the right way to, to move forward. Love that. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, you're welcome. Look, Matthew, if people want to find out more about you um, and in the Billings area, where, where can they find you online? Um, just have a Facebook page. It's uh, just at Veteran Innovations on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Super stuff. Hey, Matthew, I wish you all the very best. And uh, yeah, good luck in three weeks when your little one drops. Thank you. Yeah, welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. <laughs>